You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 202 of the Black Eagles Podcast. And I am your host, Sinan Schwartz, live from New York City. Um, Uncharacteristically fall-like day here. Um, Been pretty wintry of late, getting cold. Hopefully this little break in the cold winter signals good news ahead i always do this weird weather thing i don't know even know why i do this anyhow um here we go Uh, obviously we're gonna be talking about ajax in our latest champions league venture uh an interesting match to be sure um and i guess as per usual let's try to be brief with it Cut into the facts here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Ajax uh, and, and the results they had coming into this match. Their last five. Five matches ago, they beat Eindhoven 5-0. to nil. Uh, And then they followed that up with a bit of a, a, a faltering, if you will. A nil-to-nil draw against Heracles. Uh, and then they went back into the Champions League and beat Dortmund in Germany 1-3. to Then they came back home and put out another stinker drew go ahead eagles nil to nil but yeah after the international break they came back played rkc valvik and uh on the road defeated them nil to five so they got their mojo back just in time for for our match Woohoo! great operation is in effect as of right now uh obviously we're thrilled about that fact um Going into the head-to-head between these two teams, um, we had faced them once before, um, losing 2-0 in Amsterdam, obviously. So, uh, nothing to to get too excited about, obviously. Um, I think, given their form and our form, and the likelihood that we weren't going to be playing like a full A team, I think most of us would have already pawned this one off as an L going into it, right? Um, but anyhow, let's talk about our lineups. So, um, as you'd expect, Besiktas did not put out a full A team. Uh, starting from the back, uh, Mert Gunok would start in goal. Francisco Montero next to Domingos Vida on the back line with Valentin Rosier out wide on the right and Umut Merash on the left. On the back line, another change. Mehmet Topal coming in, playing alongside Miralem Pjanic. Alex Teixeira ahead of them with Georges Kevin Nkudu inserted back into the lineup. Uh, Rashid Ghazal opposite him on the right side. And Kyle Laren up front. So, certainly a different take on things than we'd seen of late. Um, and I think a lot of us would have been a little worried to see Kyle Laren as the lone striker that has not 
worked out a ton for us. He's always been more effective on the left side. Um, obviously, with Nkudu coming back, it complicates that whole situation again. Uh, for Ajax, it was Lisandro Martinez next to Per Schurz, 22-year-old Dutchman on the back line. Uh, Nusair Mazraoui was their right back opposite Nicolas Taliafico, 29-year-old Argentinian. Um, uh, on the back of their midfield was Ryan Gravenberg, back again, 19-year-old. Next to Davi Klassen, the 28-year-old. Kind of nice, nice mix of veteran and youth there. Uh, Steven Berghuis ahead of them, uh, 29-year-old. On the left wing, Mohamed Darami, their big transfer, 19-year-old Dane, Danish winger. Opposite, David Neres, the 24-year-old Brazilian. And Dusan Tadic starting up front for them. So, you know, interesting choices for them as well. I think for both sides, it was, uh, you know, they viewed this as, I mean, I think Ajax probably thought we were not going to bring our best and they'd give certain guys opportunities. Uh, they had a couple injuries, but uh, we, I mean, I'm not going to go too far into it. This was a game I don't really want to spend a lot of time on. Um, I, I guess I will mention just that Mohamed Kudush, a normal starter for them, uh, was just injured in their last match, so that sort of changed the center of their midfield a bit, perhaps. Anyway, let's dig into the uh, proceedings, shall we? Um, Ajax came out of the gates with a couple good chances, but Besiktas weathered the storm and then seemed to kind of turn the thing around a little bit. Uh, tenth minute, Valentin Rosier had a pretty nice chance uh, at his left foot, sending it on a bit of a volley. Um, curled just wide and high but showing some intent from Besiktas initially uh, in the 11th minute Darby would um, come in and get a shot and I can't tell if it was Merit Gunak or Domagos Vida who, who got the stop on it it would drop out to, to, to Tadic whose shot would be saved by Merit pretty effectively or no, sorry, the shot would go wide. It would, go, it would drop to Neresh, uh, and, and it would go just wide. And then in the 19th minute, uh, a handball. Uh, Masrawi would be uh, penalized for, you know, it was a lot like the one that we got penalized uh, recently against for uh, when Dom Domagos Vida was given a handball. Um, and so, yeah, Do uh, Rashid Ghazal would step up, take a nice kick um, to the left with some power. And yeah, a goal in Besiktas early on, suddenly, and it was the 22nd minute by the time he uh, finally got to step up and take the kick because it went to VAR and everything. But yeah, a goal. And so Besiktas has the lead for a little bit, which is shocking. I don't think anyone would have seen that coming. And they'd hold it for a bit. Um, 24th minute, I don't remember, uh, let's see, who, who's number 21 for them? Ah, Lisandro Martinez, no, no, no doubt. Okay, um, so Martinez uh, sends up a really nice ball from the back. Montero would get ahead to it, like kind of flailing at it. it would drop to Dusan Tadic, so that was a bit of a mistake for Montero, although he was putting in a good effort, I suppose. Uh, Tadic's shot would be saved really well by Merit. Uh, 27th minute, Berghuis would um, send Dar Darabi in with a nice opportunity at wide. And Darami, uh, his shot would be saved pretty well by Merit. So Merit doing some things. Uh, and then Besiktas would kind of 
stake a claim on things for a little bit, little bit here in the 29th minute. Um, Kyle Arnold with a pretty nice long run ends it with a really weak shot. Maybe he sort of got a little ground with his shot or something, you know. But it, it was a it was a real pathetic effort. That's kind of dribbled to their goalie. I mean, no, it didn't dribble. There was some power behind it, but not a very difficult save for their keeper. Uh, and then the next real effort would be on the 42nd minute when Miralem Pjanic would have a really nice touch, uh, kind of one-touch ball, you know, fakes like he's going to dribble with it one way and passes, uh, finds Kyle Lahren really nicely in space. And Lahren, just with a really weak effort, <coughs> I mean, credit to Onana, their keeper who uh, made his first appearance in six months against us. And he came out and played really well. I think we all have to we all have to admit. Uh, and this was actually a fairly decent leg save on his effort on his part. But I think Kyle Lowen could have done more, put a little height on it perhaps or something. But yeah, we go into the half up just one nil, and it could have been two or two or three nil. Although to be fair, they had a couple opportunities as well. So all in all, you know, it is what it is. I think we actually uh, came out ahead on XG for the half as well. They would make a sub, unfortunately. Uh, Mohamed Darami would come out for Sebastian Haller, who uh, I think everybody recognizes that name these days. Uh, and the 50th minute, they would show their intent. Berghuis with a really nice shot, swerving, uh, and Merit would, would do well to, to come up with a save. 53rd minute. And it was so sudden, so fast. Uh, again, I think it was Lisandro Martinez from the back. All the way, sort of long ball on the ground. Finds Talia Fico, their left back, perfectly along the wing. Who make, He makes a nice run. Uh, he just taps. He, he gets the ball like ahead of our defense who couldn't catch up. In this case, it was Vida. And just taps it straight on to, into the path of Sebastian Haller who just slams it into the top of the net you know maybe a little too much power to be honest but whatever got the job done one to one uh, yeah bit of a shame i think you could say 57th minute uh would be another opportunity for Haller uh, on, on a cross he brings it down really well and gets a shot in but it it goes high misses again trying to put a little too much power on it perhaps 68th minute and at this point, um, John Bozdoan has come into the match for Alex Teixeira. Mishi Bachuwai has just entered the match for Rashid Gezal. And again, uh, it's a free kick. Tadic gets the ball in. Uh, Lisandro Martinez with a kind of nice, quick touch right into the path of Sebastian Haller. He kind of just has to tap it. Again, puts way too much on it. Smashes it in, though. And yeah, we're losing. Just like that, one to two at home. Uh, despite having put in a pretty good effort uh, and all that, it's, uh, yep, we're down now. Um, 72nd minute, Julian Timber enters the match for Nusair Mazrawi. 77th minute, Daily Blind enters the match for Nicolas Taliafico. Um, and Davin Rench enters the match for Per Schurz. 81st minute, Sali Uchan enters the match for Miralem Pjanic. Uh, so his night is done. Nejib Uysal for Francisco Montero, Javi, if you will. And Atiba Hutchinson enters the match for Mehmet Topal. 83rd minute, Kenneth Taylor enters the match for Steven Berghuis. 
Um, and that would be the last actual chance of the match. A corner to Lisandro Martinez would force another nice save from Mert. He'd come up pretty big again. Um, yellow card for Sebastian Haller in the 85th. Another yellow card for Kyle Laren in the 88th. And the match ends. One to two. Uh, yeah. Stats. 56% of the ball went Ajax's way. 44% to Besiktas. XG 2.53 to, to Besiktas's 1.98. So actually pretty close in that regard. Total shots they had 18 with 6 on target. We had 11 with 3 on target. Um, so, you know, I mean, clearly I think they probably deserved the win. Although Besiktas put up a pretty good fight. This was not Besiktas's worst performance of the season. Which, I guess, is a feat of some sort given... Uh, the last match and the fact that uh, we were pretty terrible against Alanya so I guess that's a sign of some sort of progress um, if you want to look for a silver lining I, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not there yet I'll be honest I'm really not there yet as far as silver linings go um, they had four big chances to our two they had 403 accurate passes to our 292. They, they completed them at an 83% rate to our 76%. They conceded 17 fouls to our 11. Five corners to our four. We're both offsides twice. So, you know, I mean, in the end of the day, Besiktas put up a pretty decent fight, relatively speaking, you know, against opposition that I think if Besiktas plays like this against... Most Super League opposition, they'll, they'll probably get a W. Um, but for for Ajax and specifically Sebastian Haller, there's not much. You can't play. You can't expect to win and play sort of just kind of good. You know, you have to play great. You know, because they're probably the more talented side. Not probably they are. Let's be real here, huh? Um, as far as individual stats, the highest rated players will go from top to, to bottom, and bottom being like above average right uh, the guys who played pretty well today or not today the other day um lisandro martinez sorry no sebastian haller rated the highest then nicolas taliafico his assist obviously goes a long way lisandro martinez rashid gazal valentin rosier ryan gravenberg per schurz nusair mazarawi even though he had a handball that led to a penalty steven berghois george kevin and kudu um, Stusan Tadic, David Neres, Mohamed Darami, Andre Onana, Miralem Pjanic, David Klassen, Kyle Laren, <clears throat> which is interesting. I wonder how that comes out. How is he rated above average? Francisco Montero, Domingos Vida, Umut Merash, Mehmet Topal. Daily Blind is sort of just above average. Um, 6.52. <clears throat> but so, yeah. As far as guys who are rated like from like uh, like really good to, to great it starts you know the only guys that Besiktas sort of puts up that got rated that highly were Rashid Gazelle and Valentin Rosier with Nkudu falling just below the line which is interesting because I would give Nkudu I mean this is one of those matches where you know you don't really know who to give a man of the match to you could give it to Gazelle because he scores uh, I'm going to give it to Nkudu because he brought a lot of positivity in the first half showed a sort of uh, dynamism that he can add to, to Besiktas' attack uh, now that he's back, that he provided early on in the season. 
Um, so yeah, let's let's hope that his returning to the lineup brings with it some, you know, added juice to our attack, uh, which will be much needed given where things have been of late. Uh, and yeah, I mean, all in all, you know, it's it's not the he doesn't deserve man of the match statistically, but I think just that's more of a of a heart call. Uh, if, if you go with the brain, I think you'd probably have to go with Rashid Gazal. Um, I'll talk about Valentin Rosier's stats because he's rated very highly, uh, and I think it's good to see him playing well, for the most part, given that he's committed to the team fairly long term. Um, he was rated at a 7.6, um, specifically a 7.64. He played all 90 minutes. He had one shot on, on target that was just wide. Completed his passes at a 78% rate. Um, his shot was the judge to have hit the wood woodwork, by the way, which is interesting. I didn't know that it was that close. It was a pretty decent shot with his left foot, too. He had 35 accurate passes out of 45. Um, four crosses, uh, one accurate long ball on one attempt, which is pretty decent. Or sorry, one accurate cross on four attempts, so that's not as good. And 0 for 1 on long balls. Whoops. No key passes, but 72 touches, so he was very present. He won 9 out of 12 duels, which is fantastic on the defensive side of things. And he was getting back and making very impressive tackles. I mean, I think you could probably argue he deserves man of the match. I gave it to Nkudu just because of the byline that comes with it, that he, he sort of adds something we might need going forward, you know, especially against weaker opposition than Ajax. You know, that could be really useful. But I think Rosier, you could probably make the argument, deserves it more. Um, three clearances, two of them headed. Three for three as far as dribbles attempted versus succeeded, which is very interesting. Uh, he had ten recoveries, you know, coming back and getting the ball for us. And so, you know, I don't know. Very good game from Valentin Rosier, obviously. Rashid Gazal also a judge to have had a very good game. I mean, obviously he scores a goal, so that adds a lot. Um, his pass rate was only, you know, completed at a 67% rate. However... You know, that's that's with him attempting a lot of long balls. With that said, he was four of six with long balls and one of one for his crosses. So that means his his short balls, his his short passing game is was lacking in this match, unfortunately, which is you know not ideal. He had 45 touches, um, six out of 16 duels. He won. I don't know eight recoveries. So he did come back and play a little bit of defense, which you'd like to see. He was three of four with his dribbles, uh, and his dribbles would have been a little bit more pressing you'd imagine than Valentin Rosier so that's good yeah I mean whatever I, I would go with Rosier over Gazelle as far as the man of the match here as far as the stats but uh, again I'm, I'm going with Nkudu just because you know again hopefully he signals something going forward for the team that we need speaking of which let's I guess talk about that I don't, I don't want to talk about the table in the Champions League it's pretty clear we've, we've zero points we're not we have no hopes um, third place Dortmund now uh, they have six points they also can't progress um, but they also have nothing to play for in our last match as we neither do because um, we're locked into fourth we're not going anywhere and they're locked into third and they are going to the Europa League already so that might be a, a sub fest you know uh, but who knows who knows how that'll go perhaps especially we'll have some pride to play for something like that yeah who cares um let's talk instead about our next match because that's more important i would argue giresun who are playing in our next match is currently sitting 
in 16th place, just above the relegation zone. And that's because of a recent um, decent bit of form. They hadn't won a single match until six matches ago where they beat Ghost Hippe on the road. And prior to that, they'd gotten a couple draws. Um, but then they beat Rize at home. Rize, who has been really struggling all year. They drew Gaziantep in Gaziantep, which is actually no small feat. One to one. Then they lost at home to Antalya Spor, one to two, which would have been a setback, no doubt. But then they played Sivas on the road and drew nil to nil, no small feat. And then came home and beat Yeni Malachia, one to nil. So they're actually on a very decent run of form for, for their sake. With that said, they're still just above the relegation zone, and Besiktas will have to see this as a must-win match to get their season back on track and to take advantage of a side that's just been promoted and is on paper a much, much, much weaker side. Uh, I will kind of go over their lineup in the last match just to sort of let people know who we're probably going to come up against. In the goal, they had Okan Kojuk, 26-year-old Turk, on their back line, Mamadou Diara, 23-year-old Senegalese defender, alongside Alexis Perez, 27-year-old Colombian. Their left back, Aziz Behic, a name many will recognize, Australian Turk. Their right back, Zeki Yavru, 30-year-old Turk. Their midfield is Flavio, 25-year-old Brazilian, next to Joey Pelupesi, 28-year-old Dutchman. Up ahead of them is Fuseni Diabate, 26-year-old Malian. And on the wings, Serginho, 26-year-old Brazilian on the left side. And Magomed Shapi Suleimanov, a 21-year-old Russian. Uh, with Suleimane Dukara up front, the 30-year-old Senegalese who's been around Turkey for quite a bit of time. And so, yeah, that's likely who we're going to be seeing uh, for Giresun, who, like I said, is in 16th place, just scraping above the relegation zone, but on a good run, run of form. So... We will have to be weary, no doubt, but let's hope for the best. Uh, I guess I should probably mention when this game is being played. It's being played, of course, Saturday, November 26th, which is tomorrow. Um, sorry, I'm a little late with this episode, but it was a holiday here with family. Um, not at home, for that for that matter. So, uh, yeah, a little bit behind, but nonetheless... Um, in just in time for the match to preview for it uh, so the game is tomorrow at 11 a.m. here uh, in New York City on the eastern coast of the United States check your local listings of course and as always um, follow us on Twitter uh, at Eagles underscore podcast follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot follow us on Instagram Black Eagles podcast one word as always let's go Pesic Peace out, everyone. Um, not addressing Istifa stuff yet. Not to say that I haven't considered it or that people are wrong to be talking about it. But I'm just not in the mood to get into that sort of deep analysis until I see what we can do against Giresun. This is going to be huge, I think, uh, for how people view this, you know, everything. <laughs> Peace out.
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.